Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. And before we dive into today's conversation, a word from one of our very favorite partners, BetterHelp. Do you ever come across that moment when you realize there were like several things you meant to do for yourself that it didn't make on the calendar? Like calling a friend or getting your nails done or just sitting down to a good meal? Well, those can definitely be signs that the rest of the to-do list has gotten a little overwhelming. That road can definitely lead us straight to feeling burned out. Burnout can look like insomnia or exhaustion, hypervigilance, or being completely unmotivated. However it shows up for you, why not intersect that path before it leads there with help from a trusted therapist? BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. And y'all have heard me share time and time again how much I believe in and have benefited from my ongoing relationship with my counselor. We even celebrate our anniversary every year. It's in July. I want you to have the same help and it is available through BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera that you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our friends here get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. All right, today on the show, I get to talk with my new friend, Zachary Levi. Breathe, everybody. We could do this. Y'all know him. He is an acclaimed actor. You probably know him from his roles in Shazam or The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the hit NBC series Chuck, or maybe you know him as the voice of Flynn Rider in Disney's Tangled or as football star Kurt Warner in the movie American Underdog that we loved. Well, he's adding to his impressive resume this week with the title of author. His first book, Radical Love, Learning to Accept Yourself and Others, released on Tuesday this week. Y'all, I enjoyed it so much. I was so moved by his story and his honesty. I'm I'm really thankful for Zach. That's what his friends call him, so that's what we get to call him too. I'm so thankful Zach took time to talk with us about his journey that led to this book, and I just cannot wait for y'all to hear this. If you thought you loved him before, just hang on. So here is my conversation with Zachary Levi. Zach, as we get to call him. 
Zach, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Thank you. Happy to be here. Have you heard a more Enneagram 7 titled podcast in your actual life? Uh, no. No. <laughs> this was born for us. I'm telling you. That, when I read in your book that you're a 7, I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. No, like <laughs> hardcore seven. Although I feel like all sevens probably consider them themselves pretty hardcore sevens because that's just part of being a seven. We're just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Every person wishes they were seven. True or false? I mean, I think kind it's gotta of, be yeah. True. It's got to be yeah. true. I know. I, bless them all for not getting to be us. But I'm just very I, I understand that that would be better to be a seven than anything else. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, we joke, but. There is a lot that's obviously a lot of fun about being a seven because we're just about joy. That's what we are. We're yes. built for it. However, as you know, we learn a lot of things from the Enneagram. One of those is that it takes a village. It takes every one of these numbers in order for this world to go round. And yes. so I'm really grateful that not everybody is a seven or wants to be a seven. Uh, that would be a very boring world. I mean, it would also be a very unproductive done. one. We wouldn't get anything done. We would literally just be partying till we died. It would be insane. It'd be like just a flash. Just like, yeah. Yeah, no yeah, bank yeah. accounts would be balanced. Not one. Yeah. Not one no. bank account would be balanced. But also, you know, there, there, is the, there is the other side of it, which is, uh, every number, you know, it's, yeah, fine. It's a lot of fun to be a seven, but there's the shadow side of every one of these numbers. Ooh, and for our sevens, that is the need to avoid pain, which is why we even go after the joy that we go after so yes. hardcore because we yes. are, it's not just our calling in life. It's also the way that we run away from the work that we have to do. And that's <laughs> something I didn't realize until I had a whole breakdown and went to therapy and was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this my whole life. This I mean, is insane. I, I hope this has happened with everyone you've got to talk to, but I hope you've heard this. But if not, I'm happy to be the first to tell you. I read your book. It's unbelievable. Thank it you. is like, it is so beautifully written and it is so honest. And as a fellow seven, I thought, man, this guy left it all on the field. Like you've done your work and even to be able to tell your story like that. So Thank in you. Radical Love, I mean, what, tell me what made you even decide like, yes, this is a worthy venture. Was it just being on Jay's podcast that suddenly like you're like, I can write this whole thing? No. Well, I mean, it was being on Jay's podcast and Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Those were kind of initial offerings of what I guess I had to say or if I had anything to say. And HarperCollins happened to watch those and see what I had yeah. to say. And they, in their collective wisdom, decided, hey, there's a book here and we think that you should write this. And um, so that's kind of how it came to be. I, I wasn't looking to write a book. I, I have a hard enough time reading books, let alone writing them. <laughs> uh, I Maybe this is also the seven in me, right? Like uh, right. Sitting and sitting and being diligent about doing a singular thing by myself, it's like, that's death. Like, yes, I, don't want, yes, I don't want to do that. Yes. So, so it was hard. It was a challenge. I had a lot of help. I had a lot of help. My editors and everyone at HarperCollins and, you know, my team. I mean, everyone's been so patient and so kind and so supportive. And, you know, but ultimately, I just, even prior to, re to, to writing the book, I mean, I've always tried to carry myself in, um, you know, just a lot of authenticity, as much authenticity as I can carry myself, yeah. because I think that that is the way forward. That is the way we all can move forward, just being really honest and really vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is a superpower. And the more I would share my journey 
prior to the book, the more I would just share it on Instagram or whatever, I would see the positive effects of that. You know, if I, every time I would be like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And then seeing the outpouring of the amount of, you know, DMs of people saying, yeah. thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Thank, it, hel- it has helped me see something in myself. It has helped me go run after healing of my own. And then I, you know, all that is, is forced feedback of being like, yeah, keep doing that. Yes. You know? yes. And, and I think that that's what God's about. I, I, God is not, there's no guile. There's no deception. There's no, God is not curated. God is, yes. God, God is, I am, you know, yes. like it is, it, it oh, is I love when you wrote there. about and that. That was beautiful. Well, I, it dawned on me. It just, you know, I think that's a, I think it's such a powerful, it's just a powerful, and for so many reasons, it's such a powerful, you know, passage in the Bible, but I, I definitely think that, you know, we, in our attempt to understand and follow God, we add a lot of things to yeah. that, yeah. that I think pull us away from connecting with God and therefore ourselves and each yeah. other, yeah. because it's our very, it's not that, you know, it's all based in, you know, I think a, 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 a valiant effort of trying to understand God, but I mean, you're trying to understand the un- understandable, that something that is yes. so complex and so vast and so massive and we're all light and life and love, you know, root from, and, and we are all extensions of, and, you know, so that's the stuff that I try to lean into in the book and helping people to understand that that's where it's got to start. We got to start by loving ourselves and then loving each other. And that's yeah. not always easy. Love is not easy. Love, you know, by its definition is kind of radical in and of itself. Right. right? And, but that's all tied to radical acceptance and getting through these things in our lives. And that's, that's a lot of the stuff that I ultimately having gone through my journey, that's what I wanted to share the most with people is like, Hey, you're not alone. Number one, we're all struggling through this stuff. Every single person on the planet needs a therapist and they need them a lot because we don't, we're just understanding just how much we have to unpack in all of this. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's good. And, you know, as someone who grew up in the faith, something that can be detrimental is, you know, although I think we're people in the church are getting away from this concept, which was prior to, you know, even 10 years ago, it was like, well, God is the answer to all things and you don't need a therapist because it's just a spiritual Uh, thing and whatever these things are. It's like, guys, no, 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 hold on. You don't need help. You You don't, exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, because mental health was just so not understood and we're still just barely understanding it. It's not like all of a sudden we've, you know, got it all figured out. But I think just to be able to destigmatize that, to really lean into understanding like, hey, you're not some uh, abomination because you have depression or anxiety yes, or stress yes. or whatever it is that you have. In fact, that's very, very normal. And let's all just, oh, hey, hey, now the dogs are freaking out. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just love Everyone, that they want, when you talk about depression, down. they're like, we need to say like, it No, too. we need to get into it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not how God meant it. I wish that, I wish they were that in tune. No, it's really just the Amazon delivery guy just dropping things on our porch. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bark at him, because otherwise, how could we possibly protect ourselves? I get it, right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that's why the book to me, you know, when Harper approached me, I was like, okay, because yeah. I didn't, you know, people had approached me about writing a book before, but it, it, I never knew what I was going to write about. I yeah. didn't have enough of a life lived to write mem- memoirs or whatever, yeah. and I, you know, so... Um, the idea of just being able to point people toward those concepts and prescriptive concepts that I think we all need to just be reminded of and go love ourselves. It's so important. In the beginning of the book, you're talking about how unstable your childhood was and that in a lot of ways you kind of clung to the Bible as the only thing that was like, okay, this is true. 
So mm. if this is true, when I don't understand what's going on in my home or what's going on at school, mm. this is true. What has your relationship with Scripture been like now as a grown-up? You know, uh, man, my, my, my faith and my walk with God has been, as all of ours ends up uh-huh. being right, like it's a twisty, yes. turning, yes. incredible, vibrant, deep learning experience, hopefully for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, I've often joked that, you know, the older I get, the more my faith uh, it, like I, I'll, I'll say like my Christianity is far more Buddhist than Baptist these days. You know, it's like, because I just, you know, scripture to me, um, when interpreted in certain ways can come with a lot of baggage and a lot yeah. of shame and a lot yeah. of things that I don't think were ever intended. Yeah. Honestly, I yeah. think that, um, we've really mismanaged a lot of that stuff. And, uh, so what I try to do is really go, I like, I'm a, I'm pretty big on the red letter. Like I, I whatever Jesus if I'm going to go back and go look at stuff. I really just <laughs> want to try to go straight to the horse's mouth. Not yes. that, not that Paul didn't have a tremendous amount of wisdom to be able to offer. Oh, listen, to everybody listening knows that. that I don't love Paul. I love Peter. Peter is yeah. my dude. I'm yeah, convinced yeah. Peter's a seven, by the way, Zach, we can cover that later, but I'm convinced I, he's a seven. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, but, cutting the guy's ear off, jumping in the water when Jesus said, come walk on water. That's all, that's all of I us. Mean, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't think a seven would have denied Jesus three times. Okay. Right. I don't think we would have right. done that. That's right. You know what? But maybe we would have. I don't know. Anybody <laughs> don't know. could have. The pressure, the pain was high. The, pe- the, the pain was high. <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, for scripture to me, I mean, I, I the, the stuff that I tend to focus on, like I said, I mean, I, I'm just really trying to understand what my mission of being a conduit of love yeah. and light and life yeah. is, which I think is ultimately all of our calling. And we add too many things to that. You know, it, it's fascinating to me that in Corinthians, we quote, like, there's scripture that non-Christians know from Corinthians because, I mean, it's it's known so well that in Wedding Crashers jokes yes, about it. Yes, yes, Right, like love is patient, love is kind, all that yeah. stuff. It's beautiful. And we all hear that, you know, and, and you know, and, and the, the uh, what's left of faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Like, we yeah, hear that. That's yeah. great. But, What's fascinating and I think actually quite sad is that the rest of that scripture, the rest of that passage, which I think is right before, never is really talked about, but really I think holds a lot of religious people accountable, which Mm -hmm. is maybe why we don't talk about it, which is essentially, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the words on the tip of my tongue, but you can know all of the wisdoms and all of the right things to say and do and believe in. You can have all of that. But if you have not love, right. you are nothing. And that's where I think we have a major disconnect in religion and uh, the practical application of that's how we good. ought to go love in the world. Because yes. I don't care. You know, lots of people boil it down to like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. That's part of it, I suppose. But I don't think any of us is doing this world a favor. I don't think anybody is... WWJDing if the whole point is just trying to somehow bludgeon people into believing what we believe or what, right. you know, whatever that is. Right. If, if you're not leading in love, it, which is the main ingredient, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're saying. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And, that, and I think that that's a really unfortunate thing that people don't look at that enough. I could not agree with you more. I have not thought about that long enough. I haven't thought about that long enough. So, Thank you, Bible teacher Levi. We appreciate you today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Catalina Crunch Cereal. I have confessed lately that my kitchen serves more as a hallway in my home than a destination for cooking these days. So I'm extra thankful to have discovered a cereal that delivers all the good crunch without the added sugar. No oven required. Thank you, Catalina Crunch. Catalina Crunch Cereal is low carb, high protein, and zero sugar, and it helps you feel fuller longer. It's made with all clean ingredients, y'all. Literally, there's nothing artificial in Catalina Crunch Cereal. Guess how many people have rated Catalina Crunch five stars? Well, I've told you before, but that was a few weeks ago. So no stress if the answer didn't stay in your brain. It's over 10,000. 10,000 five-star ratings. And they've got eight amazing flavors to choose from. Honeygram, fruity, maple waffle, mint chocolate, cinnamon toast, dark chocolate, dark chocolate peanut butter, and chocolate banana. Y'all, they are all delicious on their own. And mixing them together is a pretty fun thing to try. So maybe put together cinnamon toast and chocolate peanut butter or honeygram and fruity. Get yourself that variety pack and then let us know your favorite combo. The only rule is that you can't blame me if you fall in love with like actually all of them. Just go to CatalinaCrunch.com slash that sounds fun for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's CatalinaCrunch.com slash that sounds fun. Not sure which flavor to start with? Try a variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's CatalinaCrunch.com slash that sounds fun for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And I have one more amazing new partner to tell you about, Movement. Y'all, in a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules. Like this rule, quality watches have to be expensive. No, they do not. Movement has super fair prices. Here's another rule. Watch styles have to be neutral and boring. False. Movement styles boast unexpected colors and clean original designs. And so Movement grew into one of the fastest growing watch brands, shipping to over 160 countries across the globe. Now, Movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from your screens, minimalist jewelry, and more style essentials that don't break the bank, all designed out of their California headquarters. I've ordered the Avenue watch from Movement in rose gold. You know I did. I'm counting down the days until it arrives. Movement watches have the look and quality of a $400 or $500 watch that you're paying for at a department store, but they cost a fraction of the price because they were built online and own their own process from start to finish. You get a beautiful watch shipped right to your front door for free. And if you don't love it, you just ship it right back for free. We're going to love them though, y'all. I mean, they are gorgeous. Don't skip out on those sunnies while you're on their site too. There are so many fun styles to choose from. If you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, then join the movement and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash that sounds fun. Again, that's mvmt.com slash that sounds fun. Remember, you can pop down to the show notes for those links too, or even more conveniently, we'll send them straight to your inbox in the A. AFD Week interview every Friday. So be sure you're signed up at the link in the show notes so you don't miss a thing. And now back to our conversation with Zach. Zach, what does it look like? I mean, what you talk about so much in the book is how you even, the book came out later and you planned on because you had to rework through how to love yourself and others really well. What does yeah. radical love for yourself look like on a, like a, on a Monday? Like, what does it look like on a day? <sighs> I mean, like I talk about in the book, particularly there at the end when I'm kind of explaining, you know, why the book had to take on even another form beyond what the finished product was in the, you know, the pandemic and falling to my knees yet again and recognizing, holy crap, like 
I'm not fixed. Yeah. I walked out of Connecticut thinking, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Like, there's some residual, this will, you know, linger for a little bit in the same way that if I broke my arm, you know, you go to the doctor, you get it, you know, set and cast. Yeah. I'm still going to have some pain a little bit after that. But a couple months later, I'm going to take that cast off and I'm, and I'm good to go. And I really thought in my very limited understanding of mental health and my own life, that that was kind of what I was going to be experiencing, that I was going to leave Connecticut, but I knew all these new things and I had this renewed, you know, new lease on life and yeah. starting to love myself and I'm getting it now. And I didn't realize just how far away from the truth that was because really? I didn't realize that I was still trying to fix myself as opposed to heal myself. Mm -hmm. And healing and fixing are two very different things. Say fixing that. is a much more analytical, cerebral, look at the problem, fix the problem. You're judging the problem. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy if you're looking at fixing, you know, an engine or fixing a, a lock. I mean, you, you know, the, the lock and the engine aren't getting devastated by your judgment of them <laughs> right. not working. But when you are looking at yourself that way, yeah. that is not loving yourself. That is not radically loving yourself. That is not radically accepting yourself and all of your blunders and all of your yeah. mistakes and all of your failures and recognizing that that is all not just acceptable, but it is good and it is a part of who you are. And God, is his love is well beyond all of that stuff. And unfortunately, if you did not receive that kind of love from your parents, because they themselves probably did not receive that love from their parents and so on and so forth and so on and so forth all the way up the genealogical line, then you don't know uh, how to healthily, lovingly uh, speak to yourself, which is the first part of it, right? So me radically loving myself is, is beginning to interrupt my thought process as soon as I see wow. it becoming unhealthy, as soon as I see it starting to be like, you know, I say in the book, you know, uh, things I would say to myself, like you idiot or you failure yeah. or whatever it is. No, I don't, I don't think I, I, I make it clear. These are not like actual words or things that I think I'm saying to myself, but rather the overall vibe or tone yeah. that I am speaking to myself is that of a idiot failure. You know, right. You, right. It, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why aren't you getting up earlier? Why don't you do, you know, like what, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in the same way that I can much more easily apply to others, oh, because you're a product of your environment, yeah. I have to be able to be uh, willing and grace, graceful grace enough yes. and forgiving enough and patient yes. enough with myself to say, hey, Zach, guess what? You're also a product of your environment, yeah. which doesn't absolve you from doing stupid stuff, but at least explains why you struggle with this. So you're not this crazy defective piece of you know, uh, humanity. You're just humanity and yeah, that's how it works that's right. and, and that's okay. And, and don't let this setback uh, destroy the rest of your day, your week, your month, your year. I mean, setbacks would derail me for so long because I would just feel like I'm a failure. I'm an utter failure. I'm, I'm not going to come back from this. Nobody's going to love me. I mean, all the things that unfortunately were very um, ingrained in me based on the way that my mom and my stepdad and you know, not kind of lack of uh, actual dad affected me in my life. But as I talk about in the book, that is all just because that's that they are the products of their environments. You yeah, know, you then did that a is beautiful what, job of that, of going through and being like, it's not my parents' fault necessarily because this is where they came from. But at the same yeah. time, Zach, I mean, your upbringing was really hard. <laughs> it, it was, it was. I, 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 you know, the truth is, I, we only know our own story. Yeah. Uh, I can only speak my story 
and hoping that in my speaking my story, it'll help other people to feel more comfortable in sharing theirs. But I would say, and this isn't me trying to say like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. No, I, it was a very psychologically, specifically, a very psychologically abusive household to grow up in that I didn't even really realize just how abusive it was until later in life. And, you know, looking at all of the ways that's manifested in my life, but, and not to, again, not to play it down, but recognizing that I don't know that that's all that uncommon, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people come from very, very dysfunctional, toxic, abusive households. We just haven't been able to really identify that up until this point because we haven't understood trauma really until now. You know, I I would have laughed at somebody 10 years ago saying uh, that they had PTSD from anything other than being at war. Yeah. You know, like, what are you talking about? Like PTSD is somebody looking at another person getting blown up in front of them and they have these horrors running through their mind or having to take somebody else's life or whatever. Like, you know, we saw soldiers coming back and obviously they didn't understand what it was. Originally it was called uh, shell shock, you know, way Mm -hmm. back in the day, World War I and World War II. You know, um, uh, what was another one that they called it? Um, A flak happy, flak happy. Guys who would... um, uh, fly in bomber missions and they would just watch all of these other bombers just blown up in the air next to them and all that stuff. You know, they came back from war and they were called flak happy. This is all just PTSD. This is all their, our bodies literally trying to survive these insanely traumatic experiences. Well, post-traumatic stress disorder, or uh, I think that's pretty much what PTSD is. That sounds but, good. It's the right yeah, letters. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. But that, it doesn't mean just this physical trauma that we experience or this really visceral death experience that happens in front of us. That can be uh, quite literally just being yelled at and belittled and gaslit for years and years and years of your life. That can all lead to very similar dysfunction. And so I'm really grateful that I've been able to understand all of that a lot better because again, I would have just said, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Which is what I think most people do. We think to acknowledge that we're not fine is like a whole nother level of like, oh my God, am I, if I'm not fine, then am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm not fine, am I a detriment to myself or those around me? Am I, if I'm not fine, will people trust me anymore? Will they think I'm a little off? You know, this is, these are all these things. And if I open this up, still, how yeah. I, where will the bottom be? Exactly. Where will the bottom be? Yeah. But you know, we have to be able to go to those places yeah. and say, I'm not okay. Yeah. And it's okay to not be okay. And why, and, 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 and explore that and ask, why are we not okay? And as sevens, it's very important for us because we do not want to sit in that pain. We do not want to sit in that sadness. Nope. It is so antithetical to what we feel called to do in the world. Yes. And also it's our greatest fear. It's this, you know, we got to run from this pain. Otherwise, oh my God. Yes. So figuring that out, I realized just how much I had been doing what one of my therapists called, you know, hit and runs, which is essentially something would happen. I would look at it. I would address it. I would acknowledge it. This thing happened to me. Okay. But But I thought about it. I dealt with it. I'm good. I'm going to have to say hit and run to my counselor next week because that is it. That is it. Like I acknowledged it. Now I will go. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. And, but the truth is, it's you know acknowledging. Sure, that's part of it. Acknowledging, you know, it's like like it, uh, it, 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 admitting there's a pri- that there's a problem is the first step, right? That's better than we did at twenty. At twenty, I don't sure. even know that we did that. Sure, but <laughs> it doesn't ultimately heal us. Yeah, that's right. You gotta sit in it, and you gotta ask yourself, and and allow yourself to feel it, and say, it's okay that I'm feeling this right yeah. now. Yeah. This will be a temporary feeling. I mean. 
you know, if our biggest fear as a seven is this is is that we will be stuck in pain, never ending pain. That's why we're running from it. Mm-hmm. And which is so true. I mean, goodness gracious, the amount of things that I avoid in my life or am so terrified in my life. Like if I I have these gut issues that I've been struggling yeah. with for years now, and it weighs on me so heavily because part of it is I'm afraid that I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And will I ever be happy? Will I ever be happy if I'm dealing with this thing for the rest of my life? And and I got to remind myself of like, uh, well, yeah, you might. And are you going to let that define your happiness? Right. Because how many other people are dealing with something chronically for the rest of their life that, by the way, might even be a hell of a lot worse than what you're dealing with. I mean, all of these things, but it's, it's crazy how it weighs on our brain. But more than that, again, going back to the metabolizing of the pain, Acknowledging it, yes, great, we have to do that. But acknowledge it and immediately allow yourself to feel it and then ask yourself why you're feeling it and then make the steps necessary to try and bring healing to that and then also boundaries so that you don't end up falling into the same problem. Yes, again. Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Pear Eyewear. You can celebrate all that you are and explore fun, different looks too with customized prescription glasses from Pear Eyewear. What's your Venn diagram of hobbies? Okay, so for me, at least today, I'll probably answer soccer, cross-stitching, and live music. I love that there are a million possibilities and that we have a group of friends here who let each other live out those unique interests, right? We don't judge each other's fun around here. Well, Pear Eyewear helps us express our unique personalities too. I have the Twain frames from Pear Eyewear, and I just love to slide them on during the later part of the day when I've been staring at the computer screen for a while. Let's block that blue light, y'all. But the cool thing about Pear is that you can super easily change the look of your glasses by adding on one of their magnetic top frames. So like the base frame is a clear blush tone, but I have top frames that are dark and sparkly. I can change them out depending on my mood or my outfit. It's so fun how Pear eyewear's base frames and magnetic top frame combos make it easy to switch up your style. The base frame starts at just $60, including prescription lenses, and they come in so many different shapes from square to cat eye. And then there are hundreds, y'all, legit hundreds of top frame designs to match whatever base frame you choose. You can change your glasses just like you change your clothes. Pair lets us express our individuality and they lead by example because they design all their looks in-house. And for every pair purchase, Pair provides glasses and vision care for children around the world. Get glasses as unique as you are. One pair, infinite style. That's you. Starting at just $60. Go to PearEyewear.com slash that sounds fun for 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Zach. This whole month of June, we ended up having all dads except you. And one of my thoughts has been, man, what about our friends who have difficult memories or experiences with their dads? Like what is Father's Day like? And so Mm. will you just speak for a second to our friends who, like you write about, really struggle with having a father that looks the way God intended fatherhood to look? Is that a way to phrase that? Sure, yeah, yeah, So will yeah. you talk well, to those friends for a minute? What's the healing to do around work with your dads? Well, it, it really just depends on the individual and the relationship that they had or didn't have, right? So everybody's gonna be a slightly different version of that. But, you know, it, like Mother's Day just rolled around and I kind of sit in, the, in a similar place with yeah, both. Right. Uh, even though I have very different relationships or, or had very different relationships with my mom and dad, but 
you know, ultimately in my life, as I've come to recognize, I didn't really have parents, mother or father, really. I mean, you know, they were kind of surviving and doing what they needed to do to survive. And me and my sisters, in a lot of ways, kind of became parents for each other. My younger sister and I, for, you know... Long, long line. She was my assistant for 15 years. I oh mean, my we gosh. really stepped in and became these yes. surrogate parents, which, by the way, is not always the healthiest of things either, <laughs> as it turns out. Also, if anybody um, wants to know about your parents being in the Jesus movement, your sister's name is Shekinah. Shekinah. Shekinah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory. Shekinah Let's go. Eden. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Totally. Shekinah Eden. Yeah, Bless. Yeah. yeah. I, that's so, great. But but I would give, you know, people as Father's Day is approaching, I would give them the same type of thoughts or advice that I gave all those on Mother's Day, which is that, you know, at the end of the day, not all of us have those relationships. And just because everybody else is celebrating perhaps a, a, a beautiful relationship that they have with their mother or their father on these days, uh, first of all, these days are completely made up. They right. have nothing to do with anything. Right. Uh, I'm not that I don't think that we should be celebrating our fathers or our mothers. I just think that, I mean, holidays in general, I feel like ought to not just be these days. I think we need to be holding these things in our heart all year long. In fact, I find a lot of, of these um, holidays to almost be, unfortunately, because of how we as humans behave, yeah. they become these almost like um, days of to absolve us mm-hmm. of not celebrating these things the rest of the year. You know, like Christmas comes around and now everybody's going to be generous. Well, why aren't you generous every right. other darn month? <laughs> right. why, why not be grateful every day other right. than Thanksgiving? Right. Why not celebrate your parents days other than these manufactured days to celebrate them? Yes. Why not Why not be grateful for the sacrifice and service of all of our, uh, those who have fallen in battle and our current right. veterans right. all of the time? Why not be proud of the United States more than just on the 4th of July? Yeah, why yeah, not yeah. do these things? Right. We, we wait. We, you know, we're all doing our own thing and then we go, oh, it's that day. Now I got to do the thing. Right. So the holiday itself, I think we all just need to take a little pressure off and be like, hey, let's, you know, first and foremost. But then beyond that, I would say that even if you have a great relationship with your parents, at some point, you have to become your own parent. Mm. It is not their job anymore so to be doing the love that you, the love practice. Yes. They, they need a healthy parent. And I wish I would have had them would have been loving themselves, showing me by example, how to love them, love yeah. oneself. And then also, you know, speaking to me with love and speaking to me with grace and kindness and, 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 and patience and all of these things. And, and also firmness and, and giving me healthy boundaries, yeah. all of those things. And then as an adult, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got all these tools. I understand all these things so much better. And now I'm doing it for myself because yes. it's not my parents' job past 18, yes. you know? I mean, depending on your culture, it might not be your parents' job past 13. I don't know. Yeah. But in the United States, past 18, you know, that's your job now. And even psychologically, if you can, you can go break this down and every therapist will tell you, you eventually become your own parent. You cannot expect them to be t- stepping in and doing these things. Now, do you still go to them for wisdom? Of course. Do you still go to them to be like, hey, I there's a thing I'm approaching in life right now and I have no idea. I've never experienced this. Do you know anything about it? Yeah. Of course, they're going to come in and still help with that. But it is, a, I think, an opportunity if you do not have a good relationship with your mother on Mother's Day or your father on Father's Day that you can, at the very least, you can take a moment and say, but look at what I am doing wow. for myself. Yeah. Look at the way that I am being able to be a father for myself or a mother for myself. And then taking that a step further and thank you God for being a mother and a father yes. for me or all of the mothers and fathers that you have worked through because I have had so many throughout my life. Yeah. Surrogate, 
fathers, surrogate mothers, people that, you know, uh, Beth and who oh, I talk about Beth in the book. In the who, book. Oh, man. She seems like a saint. Oh, my gosh. She is a saint and a half. She's oh. just angel sent from heaven. And I just am like, can, can I just know her one time? I just want to know I, her one time. I want oh. the world to know her, but she is also a very humble person who, I mean, Beth's not even her real name. I'm you know, sure I, it's not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. But, um, <laughs> but she's just an incredible person and I, and was absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt an instrument a that God voice. ordained yeah. and used yes. to be a mother's love for me in yes. that moment, to be sacrificial, to be willing to lose her job. So that she could keep praying for me. Because she was for praying me. for you. I was I mean, dying. I was dying. It destroys me. I, yes. I, like I, every time I think about it, I, I, st- I like right now. I, I start to tear up because it's something that's so powerful, and that everybody needs to feel that. But not all of us do, you know. And my mom, I know she tried. I know my mom tried, but she was so messed up inside. And that's what I can look at, and I can, I can see the little five-year-old in her, and I get my heart breaks for her, and I go, gosh, man, I wish people would have been able to love her properly. I wish that she could have loved herself properly before she ultimately just, you know, drank herself to death. I wish that would have been the case and it's not, but it's okay because she's with God and she's not in, 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 in turmoil and, and, uh, she's not abusing herself or others anymore. And, and God is good and and used other people throughout my life to help me feel the love that I needed to feel at least enough to buoy me to get up to the place where I can then again, love myself because that's our job. It is our job to do that. It might not be our fault, that we are who we are or that our parents are even, it's not their fault that they are who they are. And it's not our grandparents' fault that, you know what I mean? Like we have to stop assigning fault. Yes. Not stop stop assigning responsibility. Responsibility is something we all have to do. And you know what? All of us are responsible for our own lives and our own healing. Nobody else. It doesn't matter what's happened to us or our, our family or whatever. Like these are all things, modern psychology across the board, all across the planet. Everyone agrees that yes, bad stuff happens. And that's not good. Yeah. But you have to take that and you have to then go and find the healing and do the work yourself. And if we can, and if we can all do that, then we can really create the world that we all want to live in. And I think this is the world that Jesus was always trying to get us to. It's not even that you have to, it's that you get to. We yeah. get to take it and do something healthy with what we've been given. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, and, that's a privilege. And in doing so, Getting this amazing opportunity to redeem it. Yes. You know, like right. I could never have told you before or during the darkness that I was in that all of that would have led to something that redeemed it all. But right. ultimately, because I fell to my knees and wanted to die and didn't understand why I wanted to live and lost all my faith and went to this place and then had this renewed understanding of what it was that I was struggling with and how to get through it and being loved by this random stranger and getting this great instruction from others. All of those things help me to then look, then have proper context and perspective. And then also say, Oh, wow. First of all, I only would have, I only got Shazam because I fell apart. If I didn't fall apart and go do that work, I never would have been cast as Shazam. So that was a huge redeeming factor. But then for Harper Collins to then hear me talking about this various stuff on uh, podcasts, and then for me to write, be able to write a book about it, redeems it even further, redeems you know, so. And people are going to get healed through your story. I hope. What redemption? I hope so. Oh, I, I promise. I promise. We got one last question I got to ask last you. One last question. Let's do it. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Zach Levi, what sounds fun to you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question when it's All seven. of it? Everything. <laughs> Everything sounds fun? Um, you know, honestly, I, I am just very big 
on community. Yeah. I'm very big on gatherings. I'm very big on hosting parties. I'm very big on connecting people. Like I, I get so much satisfaction. Like th there's almost not a happier Zach yeah. than a Zach who has successfully organized a party yeah. <laughs> with a great dance floor and DJ and just floating around with my tequila soda and just checking on people and being like, having a good time, yeah. having a good time, <laughs> having a good time. And if they're having a good time, so I am we. on cloud right. nine. Same, 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 Cloud same. nine. So that's what's fun to me. Yes. I, I, I get so much joy from that. And then, you know, joy from snowboarding or, you know, various other fun little things that I do, activities or whatever. I get a lot of joy from acting. I love my job. It can be so much fun. It can also be a real pain in the ass sometimes. But, um, you know, by and large, it's a dream come true. I can't believe that I get to do this for a living. I can't believe I get paid to play make-believe. Yeah. Uh, and yet I do. And it's what I've always dreamt of since I was four years old. You yeah. know, like I, that stuff brings me a tremendous amount of joy because I, I, if I just give it a second, like I'll be on set sometimes. We're just finishing up Shazam 2, which will be out this Christmas. I really I hope everybody wait. goes and sees. If you want to yeah, come back and really talk good, about it, come on back. But we, we may well do that. But, and I was, but I find myself on set so often, and I'm like just sitting there. We're between takes, or they're setting something up. And I just look around, and there's like hundreds of people, and they're all doing their jobs, and crew, member, crew members you know, putting up flags and lights and yeah. running cables and cameras getting moved around, blah, blah, blah. And I'm standing there in my Shazam <laughs> unitard, you know, spandex with my cape and my boots and my whole, yeah. and the whole nine yeah. and Helen Mirren's sitting there and I'm about oh to go God. do a scene with her. And I look around and I just go, oh my God, yes. I'm, this is everything I ever dreamed of. Yeah. And I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe that God has loved me so much that, I, that I'm doing this and there are millions upon millions of people that dream of doing this thing and they don't get to do that or they have dreams to do other things and they don't get to do that either. Yeah. And I dreamt of this since I was four, manifesting this into existence, believing that this is where God wanted me to go and it is and I'm here and I'm doing it and good Lord, it brings me so much joy. So all that stuff. It's, <laughs> so everything. <laughs> Zach, thanks for making time to do this today. So thank glad to have so you much. on. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And thank you for uh, telling your listeners all about the book. And I hope they really enjoy oh. it. And I hope, you know, we'll, we'll have another uh, uh, session uh, down the road. Oh, you guys, don't you love him? I mean, I know we did before. You can't not love Flynn Rider, but come on. I mean, what a good dude. I'm just so thankful for him. I'm thankful for his words and his thoughts. And I think y'all are going to really like his new book, Radical Love. So go grab a copy of that. Make sure you're following Zach on social media so you can tell him thanks for being on the show. Really go and encourage him. Tell him how much his words mattered to you today. You can imagine on a book launch week, you hear a lot of things about your work and we get to be the friends who go and say kind things. So let's go and say kind things to Zach about how much his work has mattered to us and this episode. And listen, you've got friends who love Zachary Levi. I know this, and you know they're gonna love hearing this episode. So make sure you share this around with all your people, post it on your stories, tell everybody they gotta come here. Zach on that sounds fun. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is 
taking a little summer Sabbath. So this is my last episode to record for a few weeks because my team and I are taking some time off in July. You'll hear more about that on Monday. But do not fret, we have awesome episodes coming your way with portions of the fun and meaningful and hilarious conversations I got to have with our incredible guests on the That Sounds Fun live tour in February and March. Some of our old favorites like Carlos Whitaker and Sophie Hudson and some new friends like Micah Tyler. You guys, you are going to love these conversations. So you guys have a great weekend. Have an amazing 4th of July holiday for all of our friends in the United States. And we will see you back here on Monday to talk a little bit about resting. We'll see y'all then.